Welcome back to All Rings Considered. Uh, this is your host, Charlie, and we are on book three, chapter four, Treebeard. And I am also your host, Pip. Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, this, <laughs> is, my, this is my bit. Stop, stop intruding. I'm sorry. No, Continue, no, um, <laughs> but uh, this is uh, a bit of a long chapter, but I got a summary here. I'm going to read from cliffsnotes.com because I am a plagiarist. And what they say about this chapter, which is a very good summary, I think, is they say that uh, wandering in Fangorn Forest, Merry and Pippin climb a small hill to get a better view of the area. There they meet Treebeard, a walking and talking stumpy oak tree. I don't like that part of the summary, by the way, but they're, you know, whatever. Okay. Uh, he is, in fact, an Ent, and he finds the hobbits puzzling because he does not recognize their race. He asks for news of Gandalf and reveals that he dislikes Saruman's recent activities. When the hobbits ask what side he is on, Treebeard replies that he does not take sides because no one takes his side. He takes Merry and Pippin to his home. Treebeard explains Saruman to the hobbits, indicating that while he was once wise and learned, he has turned away from the natural world toward machines, even creating an unnatural crossbreed between orcs and men, the orakai which we saw last chapter. Treebeard calls an Entmoot to deal with Saruman, an Entmoot, by the way, is a meeting of Ents, which Close Notes doesn't tell you what that is, so good job. Uh, and after careful deliberation, the Ents march to war. So um, before we get started, I know we were going to go over, you know, our thoughts and analysis of the chapter, but um, do you want to just read oh, what Close says? Uh, it's, I mean, that's kind of your style, I guess. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, Charlie, what did you think about this chapter? Uh, you know, I was surprised. I liked this chapter this time around and it's not historically a chapter i've actually enjoyed but this time through i was really enjoying the character of treebeard in a way that i hadn't in previous readings previously whenever this chapter i just thought it was kind of long and there was just a lot of talking so it was sort of a slow chapter relative to what we'd seen in the first three chapters of this book which were very moving forward kinds of chapters i thought yeah and it is still long and i and i do i did find myself gravitating more toward the first half of this chapter and starting to drift off a little bit again toward the second half but i did i, I really liked treebeard and his character and i have a lot of things to say about him i think um or should i say cliff's notes has a lot to say about him i don't know <laughs> but yeah so, so that's sort of my overall take I, i've enjoyed this chapter a lot more now yeah i kind of had the same sort of experience this chapter is kind of the one i dread the most i think Hmm. And so I was trying, you know, this read through to like find something like try to look at it a different way, um, try to find something to enjoy about it. And I think I did. But but I think I still think it's it's my least favorite. I mean, I think I actually really like Concerning Hobbits even better. Wow. That's so, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's that song on the album that mm -hmm. you're just ready for the next one um, for me. Yeah. But uh, but we, yeah, we do I... run into Treebeard. And that's that's great. Yeah, he's he is a really cool character that I was never giving enough credit for in my previous reads of this book. So to start with, I want to comment that when I was reading this chapter, uh, I felt that Treebeard has a very obvious real-life analog that I never felt before. And I think that analog is Tolkien himself. I think if any character in here is Tolkien, I think it might be Treebeard. Okay. And I, Tolkien himself didn't say that. I think there's some letter or somewhere where he says he actually identifies most with Faramir. But I'm going to make the case for Treebeard. Um, I think he 
had Treebeard has the same point of view on the importance of language and the same point of view on the importance of nature that mm-hmm. Tolkien seems to have. So I'm not saying he's a total dead ringer for Tolkien, but just that I feel like most he's the character who has most of Tolkien's personality put into him, with some exceptions. Tolkien famously could not bend at the waist. So that yeah, also you know, I think he was incorporating his lower back problems. <laughs> it's well documented, <laughs> lower back problems. He had a letter. That's, that's you know, a... that's in the Silmarillion. I don't know if people got that. I don't know if you've but... read it, but you know. Yeah. It's a good book. I recommend it. But um yeah, so let let me I guess get down into why I think this, like specifically in some specific examples. Uh first I want to shout out Treebeard because he could be kind of funny at points. Uh, I like him when he first meets Mary and Pippin. His first line comes up like this. Pippin's talking about how he, how after the sun came out, the forest looked a lot better. And he says, oh, I almost felt I liked the place. And Treebeard's first line is, almost felt you liked the forest. That's good. That's uncommonly kind of you. Turn around and let me have a look at your faces. I almost feel that I dislike you both. <laughs> Which I think is clever. Yeah. Um, and I enjoy that as an introduction. So then as far as like his take on language, first, we get this hint from Treebeard that people's names are really important. Mm-hmm. And because first, he when he's asking Pip and Mary like what they are and stuff, they make the point that, well, nobody else calls us hobbits, but we call ourselves that. And Treebeard says, well, you call yourselves that. You should not just go telling anybody. You'll be letting out your own right names if you're not careful. And then they do just give him their names. And he's like, whoa, 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 what the heck? Because, as he says, real names tell you the story of the things they belong to. Uh, yeah. So, he's yeah, he's big on, like, there's this every name for, I think he's extending it not just people, but any word, essentially, for something else is a story and tells you something about that. And that's Tolkien, right? I mean, that's through and through his perspective on these things. Yeah, there's a, he has this little... Um kind of aside about uh about Lothlorien too mm-hmm. um yeah it's kind of just plays in what you just said um where he says quote Laura Lindorian Laura Lindorian uh that is what the elves used to call it but now they make the name shorter Lothlorien they call it and then everyone actually just really calls it Lorien it's yeah. it's the dwindling of it uh mm-hmm. I'm sure that's I mean Tolkien was obsessed with naming things I'm sure it was intentional yeah um when and as Treebeard says as far as Treebeard's concerned the quality of the name indicates the quality of the place. So he says Lothlorien, now they make the name shorter, Lothlorien they call it, perhaps they are right. Maybe it is fading, not growing. So yeah. it's just a direct connection. Um, yeah. One thing you mentioned... It, it, I think two... Oh, sorry, go. Oh, I was going to say the thing you mentioned um, that you didn't like about the Cliff Notes summary of Treebeard, uh, Treebeard as uh, an oak tree, um, which actually is not like the description of Treebeard at all. Um, the actual right. description of Treebeard is he has like a clay-like skin. He's troll-like. Yeah. Um, here's the actual. He's uh, almost troll-like figure, at least 14 foot high, very sturdy with a tall head and hardly any neck. Whether it was clad in stuff like green and gray bark or whether it was his hide, it was difficult to say. Um, at any rate, his arms at a short distance from the trunk were not wrinkled but covered with a brown, smooth skin. Uh, the large feet had seven toes each. Lower part of long face was covered with a sweeping gray beard, bushy, almost twiggy at the roots, thin and mossy at the ends. End quote. But yeah, he's much more of a 
troll with moss on it than than an actual mm-hmm. tree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, et- which is interesting etymologically there too. Tolkien's taking that word "ent" from Old English, where they we do think it was probably some kind of monstrous creature, like close, like a giant of some kind. So Tolkien's still making him first and foremost kind of like a giant and tree second ish i guess something before we move on from treebeard or maybe we'll just stay on him the whole time but i mean uh, he is the title of the chapter he is you know he's an important guy to stay on um, the whole time something i really like about the ends and something i took away from this chapter that i actually really liked is that ends and hobbits spending their time together is very I feel like the ints, uh, modern fantasy is mostly all derived from Tolkien, but the ints and the hobbits are the really such pure creation from him um, mm-hmm. that it's it's fun to see them together. And it's very, ah, this is just his original work. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, and in both those cases too, it's one of his original moments that wasn't drawn from uh, old medieval literature like so much of his other stuff is. Uh, I mean, except, you know, the name Ent, as I said, was Old English. But other than that, I mean, it's purely his own creation. Um, so here, here's something I want to ask you. Would you, on let's say you take a trip to Middle Earth. Mm-hmm. Would you want to go through Fangorn? Like, do you do you hike through Fangorn? I, um, I think I would enjoy it. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. It's, it's interesting how it's described as so... I, I think the kind of woods it's described as, I'm not sure... I've never quite been anything like them. I think the closest would be some of the woods I saw in Wales, which felt old like Fangorn did, but they still didn't feel as sort of oppressive and as musty as Fangorn hmm. seems to. I think the, the kind of woodland you're looking at here is something that I suspect almost nobody has been in because it would require it to be in some kind of temperate climate that human beings have never settled or civilized, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not sure like where you could go anymore with that. I mean, you know, if you go to the Appalachians today, all that forest is only maybe 100 years old because they logged it all, right? And so we've been doing that in all the sort of temperate forests for years. So I'm sure there are places out there. I just, I don't know what they are that would get you the similar feeling anymore. Hmm. Okay, but, yeah, yeah, I was yeah, just curious. Yeah. So I don't know. What about you? Would you? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's it seems like it's uh, it's not high on my list although right. although i, mean, I will let say me be clear if i had to go to middle earth at all it'd be hard to get me out of the shire because anything else sounds like you know terrible well, charlie you <laughs> know i've got i've got a book standard. maybe you should read that will give you some insight to stepping outside of your comfort zone it's called oh yeah it's called the hobbit oh and it's right about your reading level uh mm-hmm. it's Second grade. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but there is one thing I, I would want to see in Fangorn. Um, and this this chapter, another thing I I try, you know, I took away from it positively this go around. Wellinghall, the home in quotation marks, uh, of mm. uh, of Treebeard, where it's this described as this um, you know, there are uh, trees that are the, their branches form like a gate, and as he walks by they unfurl and it's this big flat grassy area with water that drips down and then from one end forms like a mini stream with like a pool and then the, the water continues there's you know the end washes the river that goes by and that sounds lovely it really in this chapter hearing that described and 
it seems like um it reminds me of my neighbor totoro hmm, okay. um yeah just just this very serene cut off area like this place doesn't really come mm-hmm. up and the rest of uh middle earth it's cut off you know from the rest yeah. of the book uh story wise too i wonder if there are forests in japan that might be fangorny wouldn't surprise me wouldn't surprise me they're not but I know some of these places. I was reading some book about this guy who walks through a place called the Kiso Valley, and I'm probably mispronouncing that, but whatever, which is this very preserved part of Japan, and it feels very ancient. And he was kind of focused on the towns, but I wonder if the forests around there are might have Fangorn kind of feelings. And which, you know, which Totoro would also evoke that feeling. Right. So that's why I'm thinking about it. Well, um, okay. So one, a couple, a couple more notes I want to say about Treebeard. Um, or really, I guess just. Well, one small note is I really like this. It's a small moment. I love this bit where I love this bit where Mary and Pippin are talking to Treebeard about Gandalf and they're telling him that he he fell and he's gone. And, you know, you and me know, sorry, you and I know that Gandalf is alive. Wink. Uh, so reading this now is kind of funny because in theory, when you read this, you're not supposed to know that by now, right? And Treebeard's response to hearing about that is he says, who come now? Hmm, hmm, ah, well. He paused, looking long at the hobbits. Hmm, ah, well, I do not know what to say. Come now. And, you know, I haven't read ahead in this reading, but hasn't Treebeard at this point met Gandalf? I think we find that out toward the end of book three, that he has already met with Gandalf. Hmm. So he actually knows he's alive. And he's kind of looking at the hobbits like he doesn't know what to do with them thinking he's dead and i don't it's this interesting moment because i don't think treebeard's confused about gandalf's status at least you know we'll see by the end of book three maybe i'm misremembering but i don't think he's confused about whether gandalf's alive i think he's confused for how to react to these these guys sounding so sad that oh gandalf's dead right <laughs> he's like uh what i mean that's a nice not. catch i don't know it was, it's a cool little moment and i think one, if you're reading this for the first time, you're definitely going to just think it's just Treebeard, like, oh, I don't know what to do because Gandalf said. But I do think there's, if I'm remembering the rest of book three, especially toward the end when we hear how this all got set up, uh, I do think, yeah, he's just sort of like confused how to comfort them rather than. Hmm. Do we have anything to say about the Entwives? Um, not much. I, I like that line Treebeard has about the Entwives where he says, he says something about songs. You know, I guess I can just try and find the line instead of being a lazy butt. Um, what is he? Because he says it's this interesting line about. Uh, I've actually I've got that one. Uh, it's my favorite one in this chapter. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Can you read it? What is it? Sure. So, so it's right before it's as the Ents are marching off to war, and he's talking with Mary and Pippin, and he says, um, "Quote: Now at least the last march of the Ents may be worth a song." I he sighed. We may help the other peoples before we pass away. Still, I should have liked to see the songs come true about the Entwives. I should dearly have liked to see Fimbrathil again. But there, my friends, songs like trees bear fruit only in their own time and their own way. And sometimes they are withered untimely. Yeah, I yeah. I really like that line. And I like Treebeard's resigned acceptance that the Entwives are not coming back. And that they're just a song, and that song's not going to come true. I, I love it. Yeah, it's the wisdom it of something very old. Yeah, yeah. For me, one other thing I like about Treebeard is I, and you know what? It's just my favorite line too. So we may as well just go it's back to back time. on this. 
It's about that time anyway, yeah. But I, I just love this idea that he's not on a side. Mm-hmm. He just has his own side. And um, this is another way where I do think he's kind of Tolkien-ish in a way. Like nobody's quite on his side entirely. But so Tolkien has that line about, or sorry, Treebeard has the line where he says, I am not altogether on anybody's side because nobody's altogether on my side, if you understand me. Nobody cares for the woods as I care for them. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, that to me is very Tolkien. Before we go, I've got one more. Yeah. I've got one more quote. So, I mean, just, you know, my favorite Tolkien things, beginning things, ending things. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the beginning, uh, the first sentence, I think, of this uh, chapter is great for just setting the scene for Fangorn. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, quote, Meanwhile, the hobbits went with such... Oh, Let me try that again. <laughs> Meanwhile, the hobbits went with as much speed as the dark and tangled forest allowed, following the line of the running stream westward and up toward the slopes of the mountains, deeper and deeper into Fangorn. Um, and it has a great just uh, pace to it. It's a they're running away from this battle into this forest, you know, the unknown, and you know they're climbing and running, and it's this sentence that just has these continuous claws after claws after claws. Mm-hmm. And you just you feel that sort of just like ah and go and go and over the the yeah. route and deeper and deeper yeah deeper and deeper into Fangorn love it yeah um my final note little thing to point out in the chapter is Tolkien continuing to draw parallels between sort of life and myth and stories because he has this little exchange about where Pippin's Pippin and Treebeard are talking about Gandalf it's it's actually right before the line I read earlier um, about Treebeard sort of being confused how to address Gandalf's apparent death when he knows he's not dead. Treebeard actually says before that, but you speak of Master Gandalf as if he was in a story that had come to an end. Yes, we do, said Pippin sadly. The story seems to be going on, but I'm afraid Gandalf has fallen out of it. And there's no, it's not a big deep line necessarily, but just again riffing on that theme of um, seeing the world about us as, as a story. Right. In, a, in a myth in its own right. We talked about that last chapter, or no, two chapters ago, quite a bit. So, Well, what do you think about the chapter title, Treebeard? How many, ring, how many rings does it Five rings. Five rings out of ten? Yeah. Yeah. It's not like offensively bad, I guess, but I guess it's kind of mysterious if you haven't read it, but still, Tolkien doing his thing of, don't want to spoil anything, I just got to give a vague name. It's too bad. Such a waste. Whatever. Too. And I also, and I do think we need to give a shout out to our old friend, uh, our old roommate, Pip, uh, Justin, and who's still responsible <laughs> for one of my favorite Lord of the Rings jokes in response to Treebeard and seeing Treebeard. Because Justin, one night, while we were at our house, this is way back in college, Pip and I roomed together in college. We lived in a house with a couple other, with a couple other folks. And of course, what was on the TV all the time, Lord of the Rings. So one night, Justin walks down and sees us watching it asks who that is and we say tree beard and he says tree beard a real good one tolkien and then <laughs> the camera cuts to gandalf and justin says who's that is that man beard <laughs> so, well yeah shout out to justin miss you buddy speaking of man beard our oh, next wait, do I chapter where this is going? <laughs> <laughs> well i was going to say the next chapter is Book three, chapter five, The White Rider. Yeah. So, tune in. 